Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, MMA Fighting's matchmaking podcast. And man, we have a lot to break down, look at, and discuss. Following UFC 259 on Saturday night in Las Vegas, what a wild card it was. Two champions retained. One lost his title via disqualification. Unbelievable. But before we get into all that, I am Mike Hack, and joining me as always on this adventure, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alex Kaylee. AK, how are you, my friend? Mike Heck, my best friend, I am still in a tizzy after Saturday's show. You know, on a, on a major card like that, you hope for maybe like, you know, two two kind of big storylines to run off of to be talking about. On the I mean, the main card, again, it had at least like three or four wild stuff that we'd never <clears throat> stuff we'd never seen before. And then uh, the rest of the card was exciting as hell. So, gosh, there there's a lot we knew and we knew going in. Like, I think we warned people. Uh, on last week's episode of this of this podcast that uh, it, it might be a deep dive. It might be a deep dive, and I think we are going to have a deep dive. Uh, we will get to listener suggestions, as always. It might be a little bit more truncated than usual, but uh, I think I think we'll make up for it with some of the questions we answer uh, in our own matchmaking, uh, yeah, matchmaking choices and, and other things that we're discussing because, boy, there's a lot of questions after this one. This reminded me of like an ECW show from like the 90s. It had like a little bit of everything. You had like kind of luchador action, like five-star wrestling matches. But then you had like a really controversial stoppage. But you had like a really incredible heavyweight title fight at the end. Like just one of those things, like a big, big, big sort of opportunity. And we got a little bit of everything last night. It was just some was a lot of great. Some were sad. Some were okay, but in the end, it was an emotional roller coaster, and that's not always a bad thing, AK. That was our, we got our, I mean, you mentioned that the DQ was straight out of pro wrestling, except in pro wrestling, the title wouldn't have changed hands, but yeah, that was like, again, I, I wished we, there was, I wish we could just tune into Monday Night Raw to, to get our answers, you know, <laughs> tune into the, you know, this is the, we, we just, we just saw the pay-per-view, the ratings should go to the roof for the, for the Monday show, uh, but unfortunately that's not, that's not uh, going to happen, we're going to have to wait till I think at least Tuesday before, you know, the UFC matchmakers figure out what to do with that Sterling Yan mess, uh, but our listeners won't have to wait, well, like, they will yes. not have to wait, we will, we will settle that today. And we're going to sell that. We're going to get into this right now. We're going to start with the main event. Jan Bohovic hands Israel Adesanya his first loss. He thwarts Izzy's attempt at becoming a two division champion. He gets it done. He pulls off the upset. And listen, there's really 
only one choice here, AK, right? Like, Jan was a big winner. The other big winner is the name I'm sure you're going to say right now in regards to who is next to try and have an answer for the legendary Polish power. You're shaking your head. I'm a little worried right now. No, no. Shake my head in a good way. That's shaking oh, okay. my head in a... <laughs> And I don't want to. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want to hear. Yes, of course we are talking about uh, beloved veteran, and uh, and UFC 259 standby Glover Teixeira. He was he was there. He made weight on Friday. I think that he was. Uh, some people are saying you know that once uh, Sunday morning rolled around, he probably was just and and everything was fine. Maybe or at least maybe a few hours before the show. I think he was backstage until the very last second. Uh, I, I I imagine. Uh, hopefully someone will talk to him. Maybe, uh, you know, Guillermo Cruz from our site talks to, knows all the Brazilians. I would hope he would talk to Glover. I would love to know how long Glover was on was on standby for and when he finally got to relax. I think he didn't get to relax until both guys were in the cage and uh, the bell rang. And I think then finally they were like, here you, go. you can now you're allowed to eat or whatever. But he's the only answer. He's done more than enough. He's on a win streak. He's beaten all the other contenders. He arguably should have gotten this shot. So, uh, yes, if someone has a better answer than Glover Teixeira, I would love to hear it. I can't imagine what it would be. Yes, it is New England's own Glover Teixeira getting the shot, no doubt oh about it. Gosh. And I would I would even add, he, he probably wasn't comfortable watching that fight until it was over. Because had Israel Adesanya won that fight... Glover's not getting the title shot for a long time, unless it's like an interim title fight of some kind. Um, so this is the best result. Like, Jan Bohovich was a huge winner for the night, probably the biggest winner of the night. Glover Teixeira, you can argue, was the second biggest winner of the night. I wish I had something slick and amazing to add to what you just said, AK, but the MMA gods decided for a change. You know what? The Bantamweight title fight played out in a pretty awful way. Let's make things fair. There you go. Blahovich gets a win. Adesanya's stock rose in a loss because of how he handled it and how he competed. And Glover Teixeira gets the title fight he deserves. So in the end, the card ended in a good way. Hogan must pose. Everything worked out. <laughs> Everything worked out. That's a funny way of looking at uh, Saturday's card, but I know what you're saying in a roundabout way. A lot of the concerns we had over sort of how some of these titles were handled it, it, you're right. It's it's kind of it's kind of turned out fine. So, uh, but look, we're here we're here to ask questions. We're here to worry about things. And when things work out, then we're just relieved. You know. Yes. And for Israel Adesanya, I think it comes down to how a couple of these big 85 fights play out. Like we have Darren Till and Marvin Vittori. We have Robert Whitaker and Paul Costa. If Whitaker wins, I believe he's the guy. But. Darren Till is right in there if he beats Marvin Vittori. And if he goes in there and gets a highlight reel finish in that fight, Till could very well be the front runner. Either way, if Paulo Costa wins, the winner of Till Vittori is likely next, but I favor the Whitaker rematch should he beat Paulo Costa. Um, yeah, anything to add to that? What about Kevin Holland if he beats Derek Brunson? I don't think he gets a title shot next. Oh. I, I think he talks his way into it. I think he talks his way no. into it. No. There's, there's too many there's too many guys up there. Like Adesanya has hasn't be, even mentioned Kevin Holland's name once. It has to be a statement win. It would have to be a Kevin Holland like a first round knockout or submission and and a good promo. If he does that, I think he jumps the line. I think Kevin Holland jumps. So that's a lot. That's a lot of big ifs. I'm not I'm not disrespecting Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson could beat him. For all we know, this sure. is not. You know, this is not even like oh, Holland's definitely going to win, and all that matters is how he does it. No, 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 no. Derek Brunson is uh, is a spoiler, and we always, we've said it for the longest time he beats anyone that's not like a champion uh, or a future champion, which Colin might be, but we can't predict that, right? So uh, Brunson really usually uh, Brunson Brunson usually does beat the best of the best. Uh, so he's he's a very smart test for Holland right now. But I think I do think the opportunity is there for Holland to to jump the line. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, it would take a Joaquin Buckley knockout 
in my opinion, to jump all of those guys. Because you got to remember, you got Calvin Gaslam up there too. You know, there's there's a lot of 85 is really exciting right now. It's really deep. I think Till and Whitaker are the two guys for sure. I think Vittori's right there because he took that opportunity that was Holland's originally. We'll see what happens. We could listen. Anything can happen. Dan Henderson got a freaking title fight. Yeah, <laughs> and there's heat there with uh, with Vittori, of course. You know the rematch. And they, they've been, you know, that's they've been jabbing each other nonstop since that fight, which is which is perfect. That's how you want to kind of keep a rematch between two two, uh, I I'd say younger two young guys alive. So, yes, but yeah, I think we we would agree. Whitaker, if he wins, priority. Vittori, if he wins, probably next. And then Holland, if he wins and does something spectacular, uh, maybe it's kind of can, can sneak in there. Yeah, and Darren Till obviously is is the wild card here for sure. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, co-main event, Amanda Nunes needed just over two minutes to submit Megan Anderson. Megan got hit once AK, and whatever chance she had in that fight, you just sort of saw it float out of her body and just fly out of Las Vegas. I mean, Nunes just continues to build her legendary resume. And you and I, there were very few media members that were giving Megan any kind of a chance in this fight. You and I kind of tooted the horn for Megan, thinking that she could make things interesting, but... All it takes is one shot to change the narrative, and that's exactly what Nunes did. There is not much left for her to accomplish right now, AK. So I am curious, since we didn't hear from you last night, because we had a million things going on, your thoughts on the next move for the Lioness? Uh, well, I'll, I'll first say, you know, we did our best to talk about this matchup, Mike. You know, we never want to tell people a matchup is going to be a pure blowout. Of course, we were realistic about it. We knew that Nunez was probably going to win. But I still stand by a lot of things you said. I think, I think, I think... Uh, the best version of Megan Anderson, and maybe that was, but I still think, I, I don't think we saw the best version. I think puts up better than that. But regardless, the best version of Amanda Nunez beats anybody. So so I guess that doesn't really matter. I love, you know, I love the Juliana Pena idea. I love the Juliana Pena idea. I like the suggestion we got from uh, Matt Maggio on Twitter. First of all, Matt Maggio, shout out to Duval. Duval! That's for, that's for Matt. Um... He, he said, wouldn't it be cool if they could do a quick turnaround with uh, Juliana Pena because Holly Holm is apparently out of that upcoming fight and did all three women's title fights on UFC 261 uh, with the 135, 125, and 150-pound. I know you already responded to Matt, um, but it's a cool idea. I, I love the idea. From a marketing standpoint, it would be so, so cool. I don't know if I'm ready for another three title fight card yet, though this one was great. Uh, but I don't know if I'm ready for another three title fight card yet. It might be unnecessary. And again, it would really leave... Uh, their options limited for the next whatever the three months following 261. Um, not not that not that I don't know if Nunez is going to fight anytime soon, but you at least want to have be a possibility because she she probably could turn around pretty quickly after the Anderson fight. But either way, I do think Pena is the next choice, uh, and I think I think she should wait unless unless the Holly home fight can be rebooked soon. I know <laughs> I know there's a lot of people who would hate that uh, you know not having to fight someone and then going from that into getting a title shot. It's happened before in the UFC. I, I think Pena has talked her way into it uh, and won as well. That's that's nothing away from Ian Cage accomplishments. So I'm not against it. It's not an exciting. It's not the most exciting matchup. But guess what? For Amanda Nunez, there aren't a lot of exciting matchups out there that could realistically happen. I'm torn on this one because one thing that Amanda Nunez has deserved as much as the praise that she has garnered over the last couple of years, she deserves to have some clout here. AK, she deserves to have it as have a. A dog in the fight, so to speak, my best friend. Juliana Pena is absolutely there. But when Nunez was asked about it at the press conference, she didn't seem all that enthused about fighting Juliana Pena. Dana White was asked about it. This wasn't the answer. This wasn't the kind of response that you wanted from Dana White. Like, Dana White was like, eh, 
yeah, I guess we could do that. Like, first of all, he doesn't make those matches after these cards anyways. But unless, like, you know when Dana White's all in on an idea. He was not all in on this idea. And Amanda Nunes did say in the build to Saturday that one fight that does sort of interest her is another fight with Jermaine Duran and me. And as GDR said on what the heck after she, made a Ju- after she submitted Juliana Pena, if she fights Amanda Nunes again and loses, she will retire from the sport. She will put her career on the line to fight Amanda Nunes for the opportunity to become a world champion. With that storyline, AK, unless Kayla Harrison comes over, which she's not until 2022 at the very earliest, I think this is the biggest fight you can make for Amanda Nunes. Storyline-wise, career versus title, I, I don't think you could do anything bigger. Juliana Payne's fresh, but if, if, if you're building up a promo, Jermaine Duranamy saying, if I don't beat this woman, I will throw my gloves in the middle of the octagon. I will walk away. I will never fight again. It's as good as it gets. It's it's the only thing worth a challenge. You know what I mean? Like Undertaker beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. The only thing Shawn Michael, the only thing that would get Undertaker back in there wrestle him again was for him to put his career on the line. This isn't pro wrestling, but it was a hell of a storyline. We do love a good retirement match. And actually, what a wonderful moment it would be if uh, Nunez decided to retire at the same time. Not that I want to see that. By the way, I'm one of the few people who enjoys Amanda Nunez squash matches. Uh, if she wants to continue beating mandatory challenges for like the next two years, I'd be so down for it. I don't think she will. Like I think again, I think she's at least going to take some time off at some point um, before uh, before fighting again. If if, the, if that she decides to do that. Um, but yeah, it would be a very classy moment if her and uh, GDR fought again a third time. And uh, regardless of who won, if both retired at the end, I, I could see both uh, got you know champions just kind of standing in the ring, and they're being very classy about it. So it'd be very cool. It'd be, it'd be a nice moment that we we rarely get, we don't always get to see in MMA, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Other than look, other than matchups with uh, Chris Cyborg, which <laughs> which we would hoped we would see at least a run in because apparently Chris Cyborg uh, <laughs> or her team or her team, someone from her team uh, parked a Chris Cyborg decorated van or truck outside of the uh, building. And uh, Chris Cyborg was joking about it later and having a laugh about it. Um, but obviously uh, Cyborg, the belt or champion right now, that's very likely not going to happen, but that's a rematch I would love to see down the road. And uh, you mentioned Kayla Harrison. That's also going to take a while, but we do want to, for anyone who doesn't know, she did make featherweight in her most recent fight. Kayla Harrison was loaned to, uh, for lack of a better term, to Invicta FC for a fight in November, and she came in 145.9, so well over, uh, you know, championship weight. And that that point nine is, is substantial. That is substantial. I'm not going to act like oh she can e- clearly easily make featherweight. That will not be an easy make for her. Uh, the 145 on the dot should she ever decide to do that. But at least now we know it is possible. Um, so if she does come over to the UFC, like you said, within the next two years. And uh, Nunez is still fighting or decides to come back to fighting. Has to happen. Has to happen someday. The only 135-er in the top five that is on a winning streak right now is Yana Kunitskaya. She's yes. the only one. Indeed. So, I mean, Indeed. there's an argument oh, there. My opinion were you, would were, be— Sorry, were you suggesting GDR3 uh, at, uh, at 135? At 35. At 35. Uh, yeah. Or 45. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess it doesn't why, matter. Why make, them, why make them cut? That's the thing. I kind of think 145. You could do Payne at 145. Like, what's the you problem really with could. that? Like, if we okay. want to do that in May, you could do it at 45. Who cares? It's still a title fight. Yeah. You know, whatever. Put both titles on the line. I like <laughs> oh, that yes. idea. See, look, we're building storylines, AK. This is great. Yep. You do, my opinion, you do Payne versus Aspen Lad. Winner gets the next title shot. So let GDR get her shot. Winner retire. Payne versus Lad. Winner gets the title shot. 
Holly Holm like fights somebody at some point, and we go from there. Uh, let us let us talk about let's talk about it. The bantamweight title. We have a new champion. It is Aljamain Sterling, but not in the way that he or anybody else on the planet would have wanted it to happen. He defeats Piotr Jan, who looked to be on his way to his first successful title defense, but he throws an illegal knee. He is one million percent to blame, and according to the rules in Nevada for the sport of mixed martial arts, Piotr Jan should have lost the title. And on this show, when something like this happens, AK, it sucks. It stinks to talk about, but in terms of preparation and our jobs on this program, it makes it pretty easy because we just run this one back as soon as possible right yes uh short answer yes i don't see any reason why anyone if everyone's healthy and everyone's ready to fight again in three to four months i don't see why you don't just put together again how funny is it mike that all these i was thinking about it all these sarah longo championship winners i think it's fair to say that their title fight wins uh have been I don't even know. There, there's some sort of common thread. I was struggling to make a common thread between them, but let me let's see if I can come up with a word after I explain it. Matt Sarah, of course, with one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. I, I still think I still think the biggest upset in MMA history. Uh, when you look, especially when you look at it in retrospect with everything that happened after with both uh, his and George St. Pierre's careers. Uh, so the biggest upset, and then, and he got the title fight off a reality show, which will never stop being funny to me. <laughs> Uh, so Sarah Longo already, uh, uh, Matt Sarah already setting this, you know, setting, setting the precedent for unlikely champions. Chris Weidman, not unlikely to me, but a huge underdog to Anderson Silva at the time. And I, I still remember. I know people will think I'm, I, I might not remember this now. A lot of people saying it was, oh, it was a fluke. Oh, Anderson Silva was goofing off. That's what he got caught. He was, he was uncharacter. Yeah, he was un. I'm doing air quotes. Uncharacteristically goofing off. No, he was fighting like Anderson Silva. He got knocked out. But Chris Wyman did. Uh, there was a lot of people. He was, he was the underdog in the rematch. You know, there was a lot of people who saw that Chris Wyman win as like, yeah, I mean, did, okay, he he got lucky. You know, he got again, he got lucky, which is ridiculous. And now we have another Sarah Longo man and Aljamain Sterling with the first title win by disqualification so i i'm a fan of the sarah longo team i i think aljo is a worthy champion but it is funny how this <laughs> the whole team all their all their titles uh i feel like they're, they're they're not they're not always getting the respect they deserve but you know those guys they probably thrive on that i thought what was interesting about that fight overall is like people seem to be scoring that all over the place on twitter mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. judges scorecards i i mean in my opinion at least till that moment, Piotr Jan won every single round. I thought he won all four, three and three and and a half rounds. I thought he won all all of them. But Sterling was very good. Like there were people who gave Sterling the first round. I don't know how you can give Aljamain Sterling the first round. He got dropped. Like he got dropped pretty hard in that round, and he got dropped with a leg kick. He essentially got dropped one and a half times. And Sterling had his moments. I just don't understand how you could score that round for Sterling when he gets dropped like that in a round that was pretty highly contested on both sides it was just a really good fight it was an unfortunate ending i thought jan was starting to pull away he made a huge mistake and it is sunday as we record this right now it's 11 30 a.m eastern time i've been on twitter today and twitter is a disaster it is a oh, dumpster no. fire ak because oh. people are giving aljamain sterling crap because marab duelishwili who is aljo's like really good friend his trading partner they're, they're buddies like they're 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 like best friends Marab says, you know what, Aljo? You're home. Glad you're feeling better. Take a picture with me. 
put the ti- put the title on your shoulders. And Marab posts this p- picture on social media. And everyone is just destroying Aljamain Sterling for this. Oh, you're a paper champion. Everyone's giving you crap about it. John McCarthy's weighing in and saying all this BS. Like, listen, Aljo's the champion. There's no rule that he can't take pictures. He didn't even post the friggin' picture. And people are just ripping him to shreds. There are media members right now, media members that I'm not going to name, that are just clowning Aljamain Sterling on Twitter. This is ridiculous, man. It sucks. We're all pissed on how this thing played out. I thought Piotr Jan was winning every every round. But it is what it is. Piotr Jan made the most costly error in UFC history last night. He did. He lost the title. He's not the champion. Alger's the champion. Alger's not having a parade in New York right now. He posed for a photo with on his friend's Twitter page. It, it, he didn't even post it. And he's getting crap for this. This is ridiculous. Like, I'm mad. I'm actually upset about this. I had very much the same feeling you did, Mike. Uh, I, my mistake was I went to our uh, mmafighting.com comments. Section. Oh, no. <laughs> and there are some, let me tell you, I do some moderation for our site. Uh, I don't like to ban people just for being a-holes. And I, and I didn't do it today. I didn't do it today. I didn't do it last night. If, if it were up to me, if obviously if I were to use my even more discretion, uh, like personal discretion, I would ban so many of these people for some of the stuff they've been saying about Aljo. No, nothing's, like again, you know, we if anyone crossed the line, of course, like, uh, you know, and use inappropriate comments about race, gender, you know, sexuality, anything like that. Of course, that's a banning. But there's some people who are just being total dicks, and uh, and I cannot ban them for that. I cannot ban them for that unless I feel like they've crossed the line. So yeah, it's it's just as bad as our cause. There are a lot of people who are rightfully just criticizing Jan and also saying, you know what, they're not just like Aljo. They're not thrilled with what happened, but they understand. So I'm only criticizing sort of a vocal minority here. I love our love our readers in the Mayfight.com. Uh, but yeah, that's. Mike, this last night's event brought out the worst in a lot of uh, a certain segment of the fans. You know, like I said, a certain vocal segment of the fans. Uh, Israel Adesanya exposed, exposed, overrated. Obviously, was never good. You know, Israel. You know, we we should have known Israel Adesanya never good. Uh, 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 Megan Anderson can. You know, I can uh, again. Obviously, I can. Uh, Amanda Nunez can crush her. You know, Amanda Nunez isn't good either. Apparently, she's a can crusher. Never never beats anybody good. Uh, both Sterling and Jan suck. Okay, because Jan obviously cheated. Like a fool, uh, Sterling. Did, uh, Ster- oh, Sterling uh, was acting. <laughs> Act- this kills me. This is the new. This is going to be the new. Uh, th- I, I I fully support. Uh, you know, St- Sterling, of course, getting the DQ win. But this is what people say when they're like, "Well, why didn't Anthony Smith do it?" Well, because this this is going to dog him for the rest of his career. And again, I don't think that's. I don't think Osmond Sterling should care. I don't think he should give one crap about. Uh, a fan saying he's acting or whatever, or Oscar Aljo or whatever for the le- for the next whatever uh, rest of his career. That's stupid. You know what else he is for the rest of his career? UFC champion. Sorry guys, sorry, sorry for everyone out there. Guess what? He's he'll he'll forever. You can't take that away. You can put an asterisk next to it, whatever you want. But he will forever be you uh, in the books. UFC bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling. So I don't want to dwell on too much. I thought about waking up this morning and just posting like everything positive I liked. Jan Blahovich, great performance. Uh, Adesanya, great, great, good, strong performance and losing effort. Amanda Nunez, a beast. She's the best. And the Sterling Yan fight was great until until the, the DQ. I thought that that was one of the best fights of the night until until the DQ. I thought it was so fun to watch. Um, and well, you know, we'll talk about other people on the show. But there was so much positivity taken from the show. I, I just hope people um, just don't dwell on the negative. I know it's easy. I know it's an easy road to go down. I thought we saw a lot of great things on on Saturday. Yes, be better, everybody. Be better. Don't be like John McCarthy and. And Josh Thompson saying that Aljo's faking. Like, enough is oh, enough. Really? You named names. 
I'm saying I'm saying it for those two guys. I got no oh, problem I didn't, saying it. I didn't it. know that. I didn't hear that. Oh, I, I, I think I knew Josh Thompson was going on about. I didn't. I didn't see uh, McCarthy, but I know they did a show together right here. Yeah, and then you know McCarthy Dang, compared man. it to the Chris Weidman situation and it, whatever. I don't. I, with, it with, is with what some, it is. I understand why they did it. Yeah. It's yeah. not because I, I don't think it's because it's truly how they feel. I think it's because they want numbers and views, and that's why they took that clip and they posted it. Um, but it just is what it is. They got something to say about it. They can gladly say it, and I'll gladly debate them about it. But it is what talk- it. We'll Whatever. be talking about this one for a while. <laughs> we will, regardless of how people feel about it, we'll definitely be talking about it for a while. Yeah. Um, Piotr Jan, uh, our friends at Best Fight Odds, Piotr Jan is a minus 250 favorite for the rematch, which I think is more than fair. Mm-hmm. Yep. He looked like the better fighter on Saturday. Yep. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let us move ahead to uh, some more positive stuff. How about Islam Makhachev, AK? Good Lord, is this guy a scary matchup for anybody at 155? Absolutely dominates a very game, very handsome Drew Dober, submits him with a nasty, ferocious arm triangle in the third round, like on the opposite. Like it just the, hearing people actually break down the submission and just seeing it from that perception. Is it's just it's just more impressive than I thought it was last night, and a little bit of a layoff pays off, lives up to that massive minus four fifty minus five hundred line. What do you think should be next for Makachev after that performance? Was it an arm? So it was it was an arm triangle, right, or yeah. something else? Yeah, I think it was, it was an arm a modified triangle. arm triangle. But yeah, the way he did, okay, it was something. Yeah, it was. Did it? It's the closest thing to like an arm triangle, I guess. So I guess we're going to define yeah. it that way, unless he wants to give, uh, you know, his own fancy name to it the look on dober's face as he was <laughs> before the submission sheer pain sheer some people like you know when they're putting like an arm triangle they don't quite that kind of it kind of happens and then before you know it, they're tapping like oh i didn't realize like how much pressure there was no you can see how much pressure drew dober was under uh i think we just rebook 
the uh, Rafael Dos Anjos fight, right? I mean, I I, I have RDA uh, booked in a hypothetical matchup with Justin Gaethje. That's still a fight I'd like to see, but that seems to be, uh, I don't know, becoming more and more remote uh, as as the months go by. So I don't know if that's anywhere close to being booked. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that. So I say just rebook the RDA fight. I think it's a, a great test for Makachev. Great name for him if he can beat if he can beat RDA, and for RDA if he of course can beat Makachev. Great, you know, he stays in contention. So uh, yeah, I like that. I'm I'm cool with that one. He calls for Tony Ferguson, mm-hmm. um, which honestly, if I was Islam Makachev, that is one million percent the call that I would have made as well. Um, I don't think that happens. RDA's fun. I think that's going to be a popular pick overall. I'll tell you the fight I want to see, and I think it could line up timing wise. There's a man looking to come back in the summer. There's some heat there. Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's got a name in the division. Former title challenger. Makachev is probably ranked is is ranked higher. I'm sure. Both of those guys want to fight Tony Ferguson. AK, make him earn it. Makachev versus Lee. Winner fights Tony Ferguson. I'm fine with that. But either way. I think the time is now to make that fight happen because I just don't know any other time to that it makes sense. Yeah, shout-outs to my uh, my my old roommate, uh, Mitch Sanderson. I love you out there, Mitch. He uh, he messaged me with that matchup as well. He said, he said uh, is, is Islam going to fight your cousin, Kevin Lee? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, And for anyone wondering why my, my roommate Mitch is – my old roommate Mitch is getting special treatment uh, and getting mentioned so early. Listen, this guy had to live with me, okay? So if he, and he, if he sends me a matchup suggestion – then, uh, then he's getting mentioned. But yeah, I very par- I, it, I saw other people mention as well. It's a somewhat popular choice, Makachev versus Kevin Lee. Style-wise, great. Like I said, timing. Yeah, uh, and I think I think that could work out best and keeps my hopes of RDA Justin Gates you alive. There you go. And that's what we try to do. Teammates, friends, best friends. <laughs> to kick off the main card, AK, after a wild preliminary slate, Alexander Rakic gets a unanimous decision win over Thiago Santos. A very strategic fight in performance yeah. it wasn't the most wildly entertaining fight but listen he won rackage won that's all that matters he wants the title shot we all know he's not going to get it and in my eyes he's he's going to have to get another win and it's going to have to be an impressive one if he wants to get to the belt so to me he either fights the winner of dominic reyes versus yuri prohashka or he fights magomed ankalaev i'm not sure anything else makes sense at this point it's one of those two fights ak Ankalaya is the way to go. You know, I, I know we just uh, matched him up, I think, last week. As last, he fought last week, right? That was last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think Rakic was my number one choice for him. But now I've seen how things unfolded. It, it really does make the most sense for both guys. I think they both have a little more to prove before they're a surefire, you know, title contender. Like, it wouldn't be crazy if they got a title shot, but it would be, you know... It would be like I think right now as an injury replacement or just if for some reason other uh, people ahead of them in the rankings weren't able to take a certain date. But uh, but with a way if one of them were to beat the other person in, in definitive fashion, then that's a surefire uh, you call for a title shot. Rocket has done it twice now, I think. <laughs> I know he called for it after his last his win over Anthony Smith. And now he call. I know he wants it. Rockets, you're not quite there yet. A great fighter. Like I said, I'm not criticizing the fight for uh, um on Saturday for being light on action. Both guys fought the way they had to fight, uh, the, the way they thought to win. Rakic pulled it out, so uh, he he pulled it as we uh, as we to make a, our get our Buffett references going. So good job, <laughs> Rakic there. Yeah, he makes the most sense. And you mentioned Reyes Prochka, of course, May first. Yes, it's a little bit further down the line. So uh, yeah, if Ankalaev is down, I think that's the way we go. And congratulations uh, to Rakic on the brown belt as well. Nicely done. Good moment. Uh, so sure. There you go. That's cool. Yeah, I mean. Kind of oddly timed, if we're being honest, but still very happy for the man. He's got colored belts, and I do not. So tough to get. Yes, they are. 
featured prelim and thinking about it now like it's not surprising but it's still wild to think about that dominic cruz got his first win since june of 2016 last night ufc 199 was the last time dominic cruz won a fight until last night dominic cruz beat your eye favor ufc 199 the last time he got his hand raised in a fight did you know that the favor the favor the third favor fight that was his last win that was his last win that's wild. Isn't that I was crazy? Not, I was barely working in MMA at that point. You said 2016. I had, I, think I was an intern, an intern somewhere. <laughs> I was, uh, I was definitely not in MMA fighting. This is pre-MMA fighting. That's crazy. I knew it had been a long time. When you say 2016, so we're talking five years. Just about five years. That was a lifetime ago. Yeah, him and Carlos Condit, right? Wasn't Condit like five years before between wins? I think so. Yeah. That's wild. But but Condit was was more active. Right? I mean. No, maybe not. No, there's some. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, a little more active. I mean, well, a little more active than, than Cruz. That's for sure. Because Cruz has what four? We say first win, but he's only had what like four fights and stuff. Uh, Garbrandt, Cejudo. Uh, yep. And that's it, right? <laughs> Is that it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's only had two fights, two fights before uh, Saturday. So, okay, so definitely a long time between wins for a reason. Um. And I think yeah. I think him Crazy. and I think heading into to last night, him and Casey Kenny had the same amount of UFC wins, which is absurd when you <laughs> Isn't that their, crazy? when they started their fifth of careers, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. listen, Dominic Cruz wins, beats a very game guy via split decision. It was a very close fight. Cruz looked good, Kenny looked good, but Kenny just couldn't get it done overall. And I think he's going to take a ton away from those fifteen minutes. It's going to be kind of one of those defining fights in his career. So. But Dominic Cruz looked sharp, had his moments, had a very uh, very interesting call-out after the fight, which obviously he's not going to get. But uh, what do you think is realistically next for the domin- for uh, the Dominator? He's the Dominator, right? The Dominator. He is the Dominator, yes. I think anyone named – if you're an athlete and your name is Dom or Dom, any variation of Dominic, you are the Dominator. You have to – You have. it's like, it's like uh, anyone with a, with a you know, T at the beginning of their name being called T-Bone. It's just – and you're an athlete, you have <laughs> yeah. to. I always get him and Reyes confused because I know one's the dominator, one's like the devastator. So I think Cruz is the dominator. <laughs> Dominic Reyes is that's right. Dominic Reyes, I think, only went with devastator out of respect to <laughs> Dominic Cruz. I think if if there was no Dominic Cruz, Dominic Reyes clearly would have gone by the dominator as well. Um, are we are we not allowed to suggest Frankie Edgar, Edgar anymore? Is that just not happening? It's I feel like we suggest that a hundred times. Do it. Uh, do, well, no, because my other suggestion is another one that I think we've brought up a bunch of times. I'm wondering if we start using the, the Jose Young's corollary of don't want anything from the UFC because then it will not happen, which I don't believe in, you know, because I don't believe in jinxes or anything like that. But, you know, <laughs> just to be safe, I'm just saying, just to be safe, maybe we should acknowledge that theory. Uh, so, no, my, uh, aside from Frankie Edgar, really my top choice now is just is Jose Aldo. You know, Jose Aldo is coming off a win. Both guys coming off a win. It's, it's a dream. It's a dream matchup. It's a dream matchup. Uh the problem is, you know, both guys have a lot of leverage, and I'm, I'm sure they can they can afford to wait. Also, they've been in the business for a long time. They can afford to wait for matchups they want. But why would they not want this? It's just fun. It's just so fun. Hans Molen camp aside, <laughs> give me give me Dominic Cruz versus Josie Aldo. It's time, AK. It is time. I feel like we can finally get it. Give me the fight I've been asking for for almost four years now. Give me. Former UFC champion versus former World Series of Fighting champion. Dominic Cruz versus Marlon Marias. 
Give Marlon Marais a chance to get back on track. Give me the fight I so desperately desire. It is a selfish pick. That's what's great about having our own show, AK. Once in a while, we could be selfish, but this is a very realistic option, AK. This makes a lot of sense. I think we can finally get it now. Cruz versus Marias. There are a lot of good veteran choices for Cruz. And I think I think we're saying the same thing as far as that's that's what we sh- we hope will happen uh, with some of you know again we don't know how long Cruz much longer Cruz going to fight for it could be one year it could be five years you never know with him right depends on he's he's probably wants to still make up for lost time right like we said he had a long break in there I'm sure he still wants to fight as as long as he's able um, but for me it's a, yeah at least over the next few years I just veteran fights just love to see like I said dream matchups matchups we never thought we'd see um, that's that's kind of what's so cool about it if he if he if he tumble if he falls. Uh, bass backwards into a title shot great, but I I don't think that should be his goal right now And I I don't hear him talking about that much either. So uh, Yeah, please bring up bring on these veteran fights these future legends fights. Let's do it. I love it I, I will have you know that I I asked about Rob font I said what about Rob font versus Dominic Cruz and I was told flat-out. No makes no sense But who, who told you this? A source is close to the situation. Oh, I'm I not gonna reveal it. names, but uh, I hope it's not the internet I, hope you I said it, I, the internet just feels like the resume doesn't line up for a number mm-hmm. three f- to, to fight the number three guy, which I get. It, it's clearly just a get over with the name type of fight. Definitely not a merit fight. But I think we've had good. Sh- oh, I think. Well, I know last week I wanted Font and I think Pedro Munoz. I think it's. Yeah, I think that's more realistic than. Yeah. Than Cruz. But I, I don't even like the Mo- I don't even like the Munoz idea at this point just because Font's number three and. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. We'll see. But sticking with this very interesting and loaded and deep 135-pound division, we're going into some bonus territory with this card because it was that big. A breakout showing from one Kyler Phillips, a guy I have been high on for a while, a guy that got a finish in under a minute on the Contender Series but did not get a contract, went to the Ultimate Fighter, got a loss on the Ultimate Fighter, and then went back on the regional scene and let's be honest, I've watched the fight on the regional scene, got the big fat hose job by the judges, lost a split decision, and since then, gets a win in LFA, comes to the UFC, he's got four wins in a row, got a big opportunity against Song Yudong, a top 15 guy, a guy who had been unbeaten in his UFC career against guys like Alejandro Perez, who he viciously knocked out, fighting Cody Stamen, didn't lose that fight. I thought he lost it, but it was a draw. He beat Marlon Vera. A lot of people don't believe that, but still, it goes down as a win against Marlon Vera. Ranked in the top 15, like I said, Kyler Phillips goes in there and gets a huge win, puts the division on notice, and in a division like this, to be ranked three fights into your UFC career, that is absurd, and that is what likely is going to happen come Tuesday. So, I'm going to play the two-choicer here, AK. One, Give him Ricky Simone because Simone is an uncrowned top 15 guy, in my opinion. And I think people are really starting to see what Ricky brings to the table. I think he's got some buzz now. And, you know, give Simone the ranked guy that he wants. Phillips can build his street cred, so to speak. The other option, Cody Stamen. Either of those work for me, but I'm excited to see Kyler Phillips again, no matter who he fights. What do you think? Young Kyler has won me over. Uh it look we got off uh, we got off to a bad start on um on the ultimate fighter which is where i first saw kyler phillips uh oh and uh, hold on I, I i'm sorry i meant to start off with this i'm amazed you did all that kyler phillips talk without bringing up his hair 
I, I <laughs> credit to you, sir, because because it took you two seconds to mention how handsome Drew Dober is. So I thought I thought if we're going to talk about Kyla Phillips and we got to talk about the man's hair, uh, he did not have this hair on the Ultimate Fighter. He was he was he was neatly shorn. I wonder if because if on the show it would have just been a, a hassle to deal with. Um, but even if you look at I think at his sure dog picture, uh, maybe even his topology picture, it's uh, it's the short hair. It's the yep. short it's short haired Kyler. You would not good looking guy, but you would not think uh, and and he wouldn't stand out in a crowd. Long long lustrous haired Kyler, holy crap! The first time I saw I didn't recognize him because like I said I had seen him on the Ultimate Fighter and I watched all and I watched all these seasons, so I had a very distinct image of him in my mind. So when I saw him. In all his glory, I was like, "Oh, geez, this is this is what that dude, this is this dude's real personality. This is what he's really like." Um, so yeah, so he won me over. It took me some convincing. Uh, even after the, the, the his first couple of UFC wins, I was like, "Okay, good, you know, strong prospect, young guy." Uh, but you know, like you said, Song is ranked, and so in my personal rankings, he jumped about like twenty spots last night. He was probably in like the mid thirties, and he jumped all. He leapfrogged a lot of people with the win over a song. And like you said, people can criticize a song's sort of recent results all they want. Those uh, those last couple of fights, people, they, whatever you think of if they were robberies or not, uh, they didn't definitively beat him. Tyler Phillips beat, definitely definitively you know, beat him without a shadow. Yeah. There's, I don't think any way you could watch that fight and not think that that Phillips won. I think there's room for debate with the Sammy fight. I think there's room for debate with the, the Marlon Vera fight. But Phillips and Song, Phillips clearly the better fighter at this stage in their careers. Uh, so... And it's amazing. I, I also had multiple options and no overlap, Mike. So we, we're very high on this guy and, and his possibilities. I love the idea of him facing the Sean O'Malley, Thomas Almeida winner, March 27th. I know if O'Malley wins, they're going to put him you know, right back in that, that hype train's going to be cranking again. And who knows? Maybe there's a storm in there with someone in the top 10. I don't think that needs to happen, especially given the depth of the top 10 and the names that are actually in there. I don't think that O'Malley necessarily uh, automatically gets a top 10 fight. So I think if, if he beats... Uh, Almeida, or even the other way around. I think Almeida's a logical matchup for uh, Carly Phillips as well. So I love that. That's actually my number one choice. And uh, I know this man's dealing with a bout of COVID. Hopefully everything's okay. But uh, also, uh, Howney Barcelos. Howney Barcelos, I think, would be an awesome, awesome matchup with Carly Phillips. But we just we just threw out like seven, eight names. All of them would be killer. So, Bantamweight's so good. I I think I have to take one of those names so, away from you, though, like AK. Oh, no. Sean O'Malley. It. Since they are both uh, MMA Buddies. lab homies, uh, okay. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, right. I so know. Just, um, yeah, I think I. I think they're 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 pretty tight, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I know. I haven't seen Kyler Phillips on the Sean O'Malley podcast yet, talking about booty calls. Not yet. We'll but, see uh, after this win. It could be this week. <laughs> yeah, it could be this week. Yeah, get a get a strike while the iron's hot, I guess. But we'll see. I mean, oh, that, sh- shoot, that would be a lot of fun to watch. That that's for sure. Uh, now we move to the flyweight division. Ak Askar Askarov remains unbeaten. He goes out there and absolutely dominates Joseph Benavides. Like this fight was not competitive at all. He looked phenomenal everywhere in the fight, on the feet, even on the ground, which surprised some folks. The dude is the real deal. It was a perfect night for him. However, we have a conundrum, as the kids say, AK, because a lot of people, myself included, believe that he has earned himself a title shot against the winner of Davis of Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno 2 on June 12th, especially if Davis of Figueredo wins. But Askarov missed weight by a pound. So my question to you is kind of a two-parter. One, what do we do with Askar Askarov? And two, should that miss 
keep him from a title shot? Like, did his performance outweigh the weight miss? Uh, yes. Two. Should the weight miss count uh, against him? Yeah, no, he sh- he should not get a title shot off a of weight miss. I know it's happened before. I know. I, I I get the one that everyone kept bringing up, of course, is Figueroa's second rematch with Joseph Benavidez technically did come off a weight miss because that's and that's why the rematch happened in the first place. Uh, Figueroa missed weight, but that's a that's a different circumstance. That's not that's apples and oranges. That's a different circumstance. Uh, Figueroa earned the the first vacant title shot with a with a, a knockout win and uh, with a in a fight that he that he made weight in and then yes he missed for the first uh, Benavidez opportunity but it made so much sense to book the book the rematch right away um, fair or not fair or not to Benavidez well no it was fair to Benavidez because he got an instant rematch a guy against a guy who just beat him so totally different so you you won't see circumstances like that again Yoel Romero I know also uh, got a title shot off of a, a, a fight where he missed weight and that shouldn't have happened either I'm like I was against that too. I was against that too. I don't care. I don't care if it it, it, it results in an exciting fight um, with with Whitaker. He shouldn't have gotten. He shouldn't have gotten that second title fight again. Sorry. So no, I have a strict rule. If you miss weight, you should not be getting a title shot. Um, even Vitor Belfort off a catchweight. I mean, he had a 195 pound catchweight bout with Rich Franklin, and then and then got a title fight, a middleweight title fight off that. It was strange. He didn't miss weight. I'm scheduled 195er, but still, I didn't like that. I, you have to win in your weight class before before you challenge for a title. So no. Like, no, he shouldn't get a title shot. That one pound cost him a title shot. That's how I feel about it. There's another guy who's in the title talks and I, who I also don't think should have gotten an immediate shot. Uh, but obviously his reputation precedes him. But I think these two should fight. Give me Askar Askarov and Cody Garbrandt. You love throwing Cody right into these fights. I do. I, just I wanna, like where your I head's love, at. It's never going to happen, though. I love throwing Cody in anything but an immediate <laughs> title shot. Uh, at the Figueredo Moreno winner, I just don't think that's fair. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, I want to see either Garbrandt still keep, keep keep competing at 135 or win once at flyweight for getting a title shot. It's not a lot to ask. 100% agree with you. I wish that was the world we lived in, but yeah. unfortunately, this is not the case. Listen, for me, and especially now, this stuff happens. It's a pandemic. He missed by a pound. And we don't know the whole story. We don't know what happened. Okay. We just saw a man jump on the scale and weigh 127. Now, if he weighed in at 129, I'd be like, hell no, that's a big miss. But in this case, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for this one. Give him the title fight. But we talked about at the end of this card, the MMA gods decided to be fair for once. If they decide, hey, if we're going to punish Askar Askarov, Brandon Moreno wins the title on June 12th. If that's the case, Askar Askarov's not fighting Brandon Moreno after June 12th. He's fighting Davis to figure out for a third time, which would mean Askarov would have to take another fight. There you go. That's karma coming around. But I say give him the title shot after that showing. I favor Figueredo to beat Moreno on June 12th. That's a very interesting fight with, with, with Askarov. I mean, Flyweight's buzzing right now. You can't. I just don't know what else you get. You could throw Garbrandt in there, but I don't. I would. I actually think Askarov deserves more than Garbrandt, even if even missing weight. I think he deserves it more than Cody does. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. If he misses weight again, I'm on Team AK on this one. No doubt about it. If it if it it's a, if it was a choice between the two, Askarov all the way, and and, and even if it isn't, if for some, if Askarov emerges from a pile of of worthy contenders, uh, I, I'll 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 lightly protest. Mike. I'll lightly. I'll bring it up once on the show, and that's it. And then I swear I'll, I'll shut. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. I'll just do my prediction like a like a big boy, uh, and treat it. But but ideally, no. 
has he has he done enough to earn it? Obviously, obviously he's done enough to earn it. I just would prefer that he had made weight, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, it is now time for the wild card round, AK. We've given you some bonus picks, and now we're going to give you one more bonus pick. We're going to select one fighter we have not match made for yet, and we're going to do it right now. A lot to choose from here, AK. So I'm, I'm wondering where you're going with your wild card selection coming out of UFC 259. Let's go for a flyweight who actually made weight. <laughs> uh, and also, I would say Saturday's star from City Kickboxing. It was a, It was a... Potentially a big night for city kickboxing, but one man emerged not only as the the only winner from that uh, camp on uh, to compete on Saturday, but in, in amazing fashion. Uh, uh, maybe a career best, uh, maybe a career best UFC performance for Kai Car France, who has a couple of fight of the night awards too, by the way. So it's not like it's not like he hasn't been making waves already uh, while also winning fights, but comes back from uh, from from a tough start against uh, Rogerio Bontorin. Uh, certainly makes uh, more headlines for kind of a strange finish. He does the walk-off. There's a little confusion with Herb Dean. I keep saying Herb. It's very my. It's a French-Canadian part of me. Uh, <laughs> he, he kind of ruins ruins his own walk-off because there's some confusion with referee Herb Dean. He wasn't sure exactly sure. His corner wasn't sure the fight was over. I think they were shouting at him, like, go back and like make sure it's over. Thankfully, Herb Dean steps in again. And then uh, no extra damage to Bonturin. But yeah, Kaikar France has been has has been in the top ten since pretty much he came to the UFC. Um, he's a he's a really good fighter. And uh, so I would like to see him face Alexandre Pantoja. This would be a rematch from the Ultimate Fighter 24. Pantoja beat him. Uh, and I'd like to see the real thing. I'd like to see that. And that's tough. 24 is quite a few years ago now. So I'd like to see the real thing. Run run it back with those two. I still think either of those guys is is. Uh, 
is a, a potential world title challenger someday. And this just keeps them on that path. I'll tell you, like, the first thing that crossed my mind with Kaikara France, if Manel Cape wins on Saturday, you do Manel Cape versus Kaikara France. Good God, what a fight that would be. That'd be absolutely insane. Um, so there you go. I thought about Sean Brady. I want to give him a little shout out. That was a great win over Jake Matthews. Enough with the, I'm not sold on Sean Brady yet. I mean, come on now. Jump on the train. I've been trying to tell you guys about Sean Brady for like five years now. Jump on the train. Hop aboard. Put your seatbelt on. That was a performance and a half against a really tough guy in Jake Matthews. I like the call out of Li Jing Liang. Does my job. That's on my pick. I like the idea of rebooking Trevin Jones versus Randy Costa after that fight. Costa seems to be on the, the the up and up when it comes to his recovery. He got injured. I would like to see that fight. And I think we could put Trevin Jones in that category with C-level Kane w- with his second round. Second round, ter- Trevin Jones is like fifth round Robbie Lawler and C-level Kane and motivated <laughs> Connor and, and all this stuff. Like, we're there. And maybe f- long-haired Kyler Phillips as well can, can, got onto <sighs> legend status. But I'm going to give some much-deserved shine to Amanda Lemos, who, in my opinion, and I agree with Casey Lydon on the post-fight show, she should have gotten a bonus. She should have gotten a bonus. How many 115ers get stoppages like that in the first round? Doesn't happen that often. And she stopped a woman, a very good fighter, former Invicta champion, who had never been finished before in her career, in a very long career, in Lavinia Souza. This woman is the real deal. And I, th- I think Amanda Lemos could give fits to a lot of women in this division in the top 15 right now. So my pick, we got a fight coming up on Saturday, Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. I think Angela wins that fight. Whoever wins, they should fight Amanda Lemos next. It's a tough it's it's a tough matchup for Angela. She's had kind of had to go through murderer's row at this point, but it's the right piece of business. Amanda Lemos is is that good? Throw her throw her to the wolves. I think she can she can hang in there and, and eat a little bit, AK. Yeah, I got Lemos right at the top 15, not including the champ, uh, Zhang Wei. Um, so, yeah, I got Lemos right right there in the top 15. And, yes, I agree. It, it, it lines up. You mentioned the bonuses. Yes, you should have got. You know who else should have gotten a bonus, Mike? Everyone else who got a finish on that car should have gotten a bonus. <laughs> we got to either, over again, overhaul this bonus system and make it so that if you get a finish, you get a bonus. Uh, or, in a, perf- in a perfect world, Mike, Getting rid of the bonus system altogether, increasing the base pay for these fighters. I mean, they should all be making. I, I mean, like I can't even put a number on like seventy-five percent more like show money than they make now. I'm not exaggerating. I, I mean, if you're and then if you got rid of bonuses, get rid of the bonuses, pay all the fighters seventy-five percent more than they're making now. This is a pipe dream. I'm just saying. Yeah, look, we get we get we get upset. Not upset, but we we question some of the bonus choices every oh every week it seems, and really it just kind of obscures a larger issue. But yeah, she should be enjoying an extra fifty thousand dollars right now. Uh, I would agree, no doubt about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we go to the peeps, because the peeps have been very busy. Are there oh uh, are there tapes that need checking, AK? Yeah, yeah. Let's do a quick t- t- uh, a quick uh, tape check here. Uh, Matt, Matt Bradbury, regular email contributor, Matt Bradbury, uh, was one of one of the readers. I think the only one I could find that picked uh, Jimmy Flick versus Francisco Figueredo, which has now been booked for May 8th. So well done, Matt Bradbury. Uh, Mike, I believe at some point you had mentioned an Andrea Lee versus Antonina Shevchenko matchup. Uh, I know, again, I think we discussed. 
We've discussed Antonina a few times, quite actually quite a bit on the show, uh, both for matchups that she should get and shouldn't get. I know Andrew Lee did come up, so partial credit to you, sir. Yes, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the partial Antonina. credit. Yes, partial credit. <laughs> Unfortunately, also, I had to check the tapes on our fight of the night, uh, UFC 259 fight of the night picks. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good for us. Uh, you mentioned one of our uh, one of our listeners, Jesse Thunderclass, suggested uh, Euros Medic versus Elon Cruz. Not a fight of the night, but Medic did get a performance bonus, so that was nice. Uh, our special guest, pre-fight guest, Julia Avila, uh, Car France versus Bontorin, which was not the fight of the night, but was probably one of the most talked about fights, again, because of the results and kind of the craziness that happened right after. Uh, Casey and myself... <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Rakic versus Tiago Santos, and I stand by it. I stand by it. It was a great technical battle. Should have won fight of the night, but uh, probably was not at the top of the decision makers' lists uh, when when UFC 259 was over. And Mike, yourself, you hyped this up for so long. The Savage versus Steamboat of UFC 259. You said Sterling versus Jan uh, was your lock. I don't know if you said lock, but it sounded like you were saying it was a lock for fight of the night. And honestly, it would have might been. have got. Might have gotten there if not for the screen. It was a very good fight. People are going to complete. No one is ever going to talk about the first three and, and some rounds of that fight again. But it was a really fun competitive fight. I thought. Um, the, even if you thought Jan was winning, I I I I I liked the output from from Aljo. It was a fun fight, but it did not win for the night, Mike. So we 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 whiffed on that one. But I got to put us on blast sometimes. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's all I'm saying. We 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 made some pretty strong picks there. And uh, what actually? Oh, and out of nowhere, you know, Kennedy uh, and Zachuku yeah! and Carlos Alberg. Why are you celebrating so much? Because I was the only one to pick Kennedy in that one. I told oh, everybody to, to yeah, pick no. Kennedy, to take Kennedy in that fight. Go oh, to the betting window and take Kennedy. And you won our picks. Damn uh, right. Mike won our staff picks. 10 out of 15. No one else hit double digits. Should have been 11 out of 15, for being honest. <laughs> this is true. You also picked uh, Peter Jan and then. He screwed you. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as Trevin Jones knocked out Mario Batista, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a rough night. <laughs> but uh, congrats to Enzo by the way. That was, again, another, another I, I hope people, I, you know, it's not overshadowed by some of the other weird stuff that happened the night because that was an awesome performance. I, I He really was rope-a-doping, wasn't he? He's was a savage. Was, the dude is a monster. The, but that was legit rope-a-doping. Like, he wasn't. He wasn't just trying to figure out Ulberg. Like that looked like a game plan. That looked like I, I, I am going to let this guy kind of, kind of get his striking off early, and and I know he's going to tire. Yeah, yeah, that was intentional, right? I think I think most of it was because he had the guard up a lot. I don't think he took. I mean, he got he got clipped a little bit, but yeah, I don't know how you could rope a dope those body shots like that. Was oh no, those not fun to watch. <laughs> no, those are just landing. <laughs> yeah, so maybe not the best rope a dope, but we don't see rope a dope a lot in MMA mainly because. There's a lot of circumstances where it could be stopped. I mean, we even saw poor, uh, uh, who's the uh, Ankalaev's rival, Yuan uh, Kutalaba. Yuan uh, Kutalaba was, I feel like he feigned being wobbled for like a half second and that fight was waved off. So uh, playing rope and up in MMA is tricky, but Kennedy and Zuchuku, you did it and it was beautiful. Okay, uh, listeners, I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna run as many as I can. We don't want to go too long. So I'm going to try and be, I'm going to be pretty short here, Mike, uh, with our comments as well. Popular choices: Cruz versus Aldo. Everyone, most people want to see Askarov get that title shot. That pound did not deter people from wanting to see that title shot. Sean Brady. A couple of veteran choices here, Mike. Let me know which one you like more: Robbie Lawler or Damian Maya. Wow, I didn't even yeah, think about Damian Maya. Wow, I put I I put in my notes. Wow. <laughs> so yes, I would. I'll go with Robbie Lawler. 
Okay, okay. I like it. Brady is a future champion, by the way. I'm. You cannot convince me that guy's not a future champion. He's unreal. If we're going to give uh, him a matchup like that, we want to give him somebody that... <sighs> Damian Mize is tough for anybody, though. Like, for that's sure. the last thing you want to do is throw him in there with Damian, especially, like, his last fight, and he, like, has this historical moment, a submission win off of you. Like, I wouldn't want to take a chance like that. So give him Robbie. Not saying that Robbie would definitely lose that fight. I would say Brady's probably, like, a three-and-a-half-to-one favorite to win, but I think that makes more sense than the Damian Maya one. I'd take, put him like minus 250 over Damian Maya. I think he has the wrestling to like counter Maya and, and I don't know. But experience does matter a lot. This is true. There's levels to this, right? Uh, Makachev, people love the RDA and Tony Ferguson suggestions, so they're all in on either of those. Yorosh Medic, there were some really good matchups for him. Um, and these are, people were on the same page with this, so thank you, uh, listeners. These guys are so educated. Mason Jones. Ooh, good Great. God. Yes. That's the one. And the, and the name that I, again, I'm surprised multiple mentioned it. It's not a bad matchup at all. I just, you know, amazed people know who this guy is. Uh, Medich versus Luigi Benzramini. So I like that one too. That's not that's not a bad matchup. If you want to bring him on a little bit slower. Uh, Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. I feel like this has been brought up before. And then, uh, of course, probably the most popular matchup for Nunez, uh, the Jermaine Durandami trilogy. So people didn't specify featherweight or bantamweight, but again, like really does it. Uh, for Dominic Cruz, uh, oh, you know, we've gone over a lot of this again. Edgar, someone, someone just said Marlon, and I honestly don't know if they meant Marlon Marais or Marlon Vera, because I think, uh, I think Cheeto called him up, didn't he, on, on Twitter after? I believe Cheeto called, uh, called for a fight with Dominic after. So, yes. um, so that's in people's minds, but, uh, yeah, people really, I'm just looking, people really love that Aldo matchup. Uh, we had one commenter uh, on our site, say, on our uh, Twitter say, uh, his, his, this is from, at Larry Fisher Mac. He said, honestly, I'd like to see Dominic Cruz hang him up. Go out on a high note, be a broadcaster, nothing left to prove, already a multi-time champ and first bout Hall of Famer. I don't see that happening. Um, but I'm surprised that that's, that talk is, is kind of already already begun. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, stuff- I get it. Yeah. But no, not a fan of it. The guy wants to keep going. Like he, he looked good against a really good guy. I mean, let him keep going. He's not saying, I want a title shot tomorrow. He's saying it. You know, I just like doing this. This is fun. It's a challenge. I want to keep competing. So and there's plenty of fun matchups for him that do not have title implications. I honestly think he could fight till he's 40. His style, again, he's he's, he's getting a little hit a little more than he used to, for sure. But his style lends itself, other than the, the you know the stress it puts on his body, especially his knees. But other than that, as long as the knees hold up, he could. I honestly could fight till he's 40. Yep. Um, also, for Makachev, people said Dan Hooker, uh, Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler. Yeah, again, uh, all, all these guys need to be sorted out. Uh, he'll, and he'll probably fight at least one of those guys someday. Uh, it's a little hard to see him that happening uh, next, though. Um, uh, also from Twitter, what do we got here? Sorry, guys, it's a little a little disorganized. Uh, of course, people like the Brady versus uh, Li Jingliang matchup. Uh, oh, I wanted to. Okay, I'm sorry. I wanted to highlight some readers, especially first timers. I love I love when we have people chiming in for the first time. Thomas Collins. Uh, I just want to, this is a nice message. Thomas Collins, uh, Mike tells us, I've been watching on the next one for a while now. Love the podcast. Thought I would suggest the matchups I would like to see following UFC 259. I'm from the UK, so the main event finished around 6 a.m. <laughs> it was a tough card <laughs> to stay awake for. So thank you, Thomas Collins, for sticking in and messaging. He likes, uh, and, yeah, and for giving us some good matchups. Santos versus the uh, Paul Craig Jamal Hill winner, March 20th. Uh, Alex Perez versus, uh, versus the Schnell... Oh, sorry. Oops, I forgot. Uh, I think this is... Sorry, sorry guys. I, read, I didn't write this out fully. Askarov versus Perez Schnell winner. 
May 15th. Again, it's a little bit too far off. I think Askarov will want to get a booking before that. Um, not f- necessarily fight before that, but I mean get a booking that's scheduled before that. And then uh, Kai Carfans, as you said, versus Cape, which would just be so, so sick if Cape beats uh, Nikolaou. And uh, Cruz Edgar, another popular. Another first-timer, Roy Summers. Thank you, Roy Summers, for chiming in. Uh, he, <laughs> he had a, a bunch of matchups that other people had mentioned. But he's uh, for Nunez, he says, Nunez and a damn polar bear. But that'd be illegal as she'd murder an endangered species. So, oh my god. <laughs> so we're running out of we're really running out of options for Nunez, especially ones that would be advocated by uh, animal rights uh, and animal, you know, uh, preservation groups. Michael Perigini, Enzichuku versus I think he just did this to make me pronounce all these names. <laughs> Enzichuku versus the Alexichuk Pukaskis loser, March 27th. You happy now, Michael Perigini? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Perry likes Benavidez versus Pantoja. Pantoja, I don't remember. Did he weigh in? I remember he was in talks to be a backup for the second um, Benavidez Figueredo fight. I don't remember. Did he weigh in on Fight Island? Um, I don't honestly don't recall. Th- I don't think so. I don't think he did either. He had said in multiple interviews that uh, he was the reserve, so I'm not sure how official that was. But uh, there you go, clearly, uh, clearly something that could have happened, and a fight I wouldn't mind seeing someday. Uh, I think Benavidez, is Benavidez his coach on the Ultimate Fighter? I don't have to remember that, but I know there's there's some sort of connection there as well. Uh, okay, Barry O'Reilly likes. <laughs> he wants to see Song Yudong avenged by his mentor Uriah Faber. He says Phillips versus Faber. Oof. God, I think, I think there's Favor. only one fight for favor yeah. at this point, yeah. but uh, we'll see. Uh, and Scott McCrate says, how about Carla Phillips versus Marlon Chito Vera? Yeah, so it'd be an awesome matchup. And I think Chito should take it. I know, I think if it was brought to Chito, at first he kind of raised an eyebrow, like maybe he's beyond uh, Carla Phillips. But I think now is the time to catch a guy like Carla Phillips uh, and steal some of that shine. Because I think a year from now, he's going to be even better. Maybe that's when you don't want to match up with uh, with Carla Phillips. But yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, Mike, I forgot to ask. Did you get any Instagram DMs this week? I did. I did. Um, let me shout some out. Sean Bradley hit me up. He said, book Islam versus Dan Hooker. Okay. God, can, can, can you give a guy a worse matchup? I mean, <laughs> the guy the guy fights Michael Chandler, gets knocked on the first uh, round. He's away from his family for like 50-something days, and now you're going to have him fight Islam Makachev? Good God. Give the, he, he, of course he would. He's a maniac. <laughs> no, I, 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 if they did it, he would take it. I don't want to see it. I want to give Dan Hooker somebody else. I think he's earned uh, earned a little bit of a reprieve, so to speak. Uh, Jack Porter hit us up. Uh, he also likes Kyler Phillips versus Cheeto Vera. And on the low key, Islam versus Connor could sell some pay-per-views down the road. Not next, oh, yeah. but down the road. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh... Danilo Collins. Hey, Mike, back with some more suggestions. I'm sure most of these will be super common. Uh, Brady uh, Jingliang, uh, Medich versus Soriano. Okay. Which Soriano? I don't know. Puna? Puna. Down to to welterweight? Wait, he's a... No, 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 no. I'll I'll have to look that one up. Okay. Uh, Makachev (laughs) versus RDA. Cruz versus Aldo. Dober versus the winner of Gillespie, or the loser of Gillespie versus Brad Riddell. Oh, I like that. He likes Casey Kenny versus Marlon Vera. I saw. I think I saw that come up, yeah. Uh, and Rakic versus the Reyes Prahashka winner. Okay. Uh, Harper on Twitter at Harper H, or Instagram, excuse me. Jan versus Glover, obviously. Kyler Phillips versus Jimmy Rivera. Yeah. I like, I like that it. one. 
I like uh, that. Winner of O'Malley Almeida versus Songy Dong. Islam Makachev versus Kevin Lee, if he ever returns. Rockets versus the winner of Reyes Yuri. Uh, Jesse Thundercleese didn't have a matchup suggestion, but he sent me a photo and he says the knee was legal. <laughs> oh, please tell me not the screenshot of the knee vaguely hovering above the mat, possibly after the knee connected. <laughs> yes, I know. I've, I've oh, my up. gosh, that's floating around. And then our, our friend Magic Mighty said, uh, I, I did send my submission via Twitter as always. However, I'm just thinking mm. another fight that absolutely has to be made is Makachev versus Kevin Lee. He hit you up on Instagram? He did, and he said, thanks for uh, Millie's birthday shout-out, and the terrible twos are real. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. You know what? That's a dad to dad. You know what? Mighty Magic Mike. Keep hitting Mike up in his DMs. You guys can share dad stories. Uh, yeah, so I'll go again. I'll just go quick. Uh, Max Block, uh, he likes Cruz versus Font, which, again, like I said, may, probably is not going to happen. Uh, Josh Abukai. Josh Abukai, shame on you for this matchup. Blatant. <laughs> what's the podcast version of clickbait? Blatant listen bait. <laughs> He want, He just said Sean Brady versus Kamsa Shamayev. Get out of here. Get out of here, Josh. I shouldn't even read that. Get out of here. Stop it. Uh, I got to. No. no uh, Mike, no. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Mike, no. not today. Not now, obviously. <laughs> We're not talking about this. I'm th- <laughs> that's something I'm thinking about for the future. That's like, that's Way. a seed. Seeds are planted. Way in the future. I don't. I can't even see that far ahead. That's so far. <laughs> uh, Fluffy Jitsu. I'm uh, sorry. I, I don't know his actual name, but Fluffy Jitsu likes Makachev versus uh, Benil Dariush. Jacob Best. Oh, I said I, I told myself I would read these. Okay. Our, our boys, Jacob Best and Jay Steiner, coming in with some heat. But I like I, I, God, read, uh, listeners. I like when you come in with explanations. I won't guarantee I'll read them, but it's definitely going to make me give it a second. Makachev versus Nate Diaz. Jacob Best says, this is me bringing my hot one this week. Yes, I acknowledge this fight probably doesn't happen. But Nate tweeted at Islam, has a feud with Khabib, wants to fight 155ers on a win streak, albeit at 170. Uh, Islam is on a seven-fight win streak, would boost his star power. Why the F not? Nate probably doesn't accept, so Tony Ferguson is uh, appropriate. But yeah, I saw other people also mention uh, Nate Diaz, because again, <laughs> we're really using Islam as a Khabib proxy at this point, which there could be worse. There's worse things to be. It's true. Uh, Jay Steiner, uh, which matchup here that I like that I want to read about? Uh, Benavi- oh, okay. <laughs> Joe B, uh, he says, maybe done with the UFC. He said, released? Sad to say, because one of my faves. Seems to be in the same boat as Overeem and Dos Santos. 1FC could be a good spot for him. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't think Joe's in that spot. Like, Dana was asked about Joe Benav- Joseph Benavides, and they were like, I, I believe it was our own Jose Youngs who asked him about it. And he said, mm-hmm. he asked him, is it time to have that conversation? And Dana said, no, I don't think so. I didn't think Overham was in that spot. To be honest, I didn't think so. I felt, I felt heading well, into that. I, I, just, I felt with Overham, it was like, he was like, and I, I know I'm throwing pro wrestling references around like crazy, but I actually thought Overeem was in that Ric Flair spot where he was gonna, the UFC was gonna keep him around as long as he won. He, and he I think Overeem's making himself. way more money than Joseph Benavides is. Yes, yes. And he had implied that himself. He had, he had, he had embraced the last run, last ride narrative uh, Overeem. So there was reason to suspect that either, you know, that the, when he lost it would be a retirement or parting ways with the UFC. So. Fair, fair. I, I, maybe I should have been a little more aware that was going to come. Uh, and let me wrap up with our email boys here, Mike, very quickly. Tristan Gordet. I love this matchup uh, from Tristan. Uh, Yoros Medich versus Jordan Levitt. Ooh, I like that. 
Too soon. Too, too soon. soon. No, what? you can't do Why? that. You can't do it. Why? These are two like super young rising prospect. Like this Twits. is the future of your division right here. You can't throw them in there against each other. Yes, you can. No, terrible idea. Let the young feed upon one another. Tristan Gordat, I like where your head's at. If we're talking about like main events four years from right now, that could be one. But it's not the fight you make now. It's just it's tough. You you just you kind of have to bring in I'm not gonna, I don't think sacrificial lamb is the correct term I'm going to use, but something to that effect to build both of those guys up. You can't throw them oh, against okay. each other now. I, I God, that's that's tough. Oh, you want to, doing air quotes again, you want to properly build prospect. I know. Who am I? Whatever. Whatever. Uh, Harry Devoshkin. Harry, please tell me if I'm, uh, next time you email me, if I'm just butchering your name. It's either, I, I, I like, I do have a tendency to overpronounce. So Harry Devoshkin. It's probably Dwoskin. I don't know. He's probably from like he's probably from like uh, Milwaukee or something. Uh, he's <laughs> I don't know why I'm reading it. It's such a foreign name. Uh, he likes Lemos versus. Uh, this is also recommended by Marcus McGahey. So thanks, Marcus. Uh, he likes Lemos versus Tisha Torres. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's kind of the edge of the hill range we we're talking about. And then um, uh, you know Brady, what? Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. That's the fight to make. That is the hundred oh, percent fight to make. I've really? changed my mind. I didn't even think about Tisha, but that is that that is one quadrillion percent the fight to make. Whoa. Because that's that's the test. That's how we know if you're if you're a top ten fighter in in the strawweight division. You beat Tisha Torres, you're a top ten fighter. If you don't, you're not there yet. I, I, she's not a gatekeeper, but she is the ultimate litmus test for that division. That's the fight to make. Lamos versus Tisha Torres. 100% is the fight. Well done. Well done, Harry. Well done. Thank you, you Harry. That is, the, that is the most Mike Heck impressing pick of the week. Uh, he also liked Brady versus Neil Magny. I could absolutely see that being made. Uh, Matt Bradbury had another option for Lamos, which I have to mention because, again, I'm a sucker for a good hashtag. Uh, Amanda Lamos versus Amanda Hibas. Obviously, Amanda x Amanda. So, uh, uh Obligatory mention. I don't even love that matchup. I think obviously Hebus, I think is is a little a little bit further ahead than uh, than Lemos. I don't think I think I don't think she should need to take that fight. But again, uh, Amanda v Amanda. How can I not say it? And then uh, he also liked Nunez versus Kunitskaya, which again at this point I'm referring to a lot of these opponents with respect to them as mandatory challengers like they have in boxing. Right. And lastly, I wanted to shout out Austin Deschamps, a long time listener, first time commenter, uh, and. Uh, I always but he also mentioned a matchup that's very close to my heart, which would be I think would be very cool. He wants to see uh, Joseph Benavidez versus Tim Elliott. Now Elliott and uh, Benavidez are friends; they have trained together before. But Elliott has mentioned uh, in an interview uh, I spoke to him about it actually uh, that it would be a very cool kind of a dream matchup um, if one day when Benavidez does decide to retire. He would love to be Benavidez as his last opponent. So this would be a this is a call. You know, if this fight would happen, this would be a call, like a fight of respect. Uh, two great veterans. It it would it would really be emotional. I think it'd be a real moment. So uh, I'm totally down with it. So Austin Deschamps, great suggestion. I hadn't thought about that fight in a while, but I do think the stars are aligning for that possibly to happen again. So I don't know how close. Like I said, we don't know how close Benavidez is to either being done with the UFC or retiring. Could be a while, but um, if he is thinking about it, Tim Elliott, you could do a lot worse than Tim Elliott for your last opponent. I like. I mean, I love it. That's a great idea. I mean, it's two choices. You either do Benavides versus Elliot if you're going to do something before the fall, or if you do so, if Benavides is out until like the fourth quarter. I like Benavides versus Brandon Royval too. Yeah, 
But either way, uh, yeah, I think guys, listeners, guys, listeners, unbelievable, great job this week. We we all I, let's pat ourselves on the back too, Mike. I think we did a great job this week for the very very stacked. Uh, stack card, yeah. which, again, did not, stack card that did not necessarily give easy options for everyone involved, but a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement, especially for young, you know, some of the guys coming out, Carla Phillips, Joros Medich, uh, Sean Brady, just exciting, man. It's exciting to see where these guys are going to go. No doubt about it. Um, keep those suggestions coming if you'd like. Uh, AK, what's your what's your IG oh, yeah. and stuff? Yeah, throw that. Throw uh, that yeah, out sorry, there. guys. Of course, hit me up on Twitter at Alexander K Lee. On Instagram at Alexander KK Lee, so that's two Ks on Instagram, and then uh, hit me up on email alex.lee at espionation.com. Mike, uh, find me on Twitter at Mike Heck underscore Jr. On the IG M underscore Heck Jr. See, I'm D- I'm getting better. I'm getting better with the DMs. I've yes. read them all. I've read them all over the last two weeks. Mike, you're crushing it. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. But uh, join us next week as we discuss the what's next. Coming out of UFC Vegas 21, headlined by a big fight, 170 pounds, between Leon Edwards' first fight in almost two years as he takes on Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad Misha Serkinov versus Ryan Spann is the co-made event at 205 pounds. Some pretty interesting matchups. 14 fights on the slate. Should be a good one on the road to UFC 260, which is coming up at the end of the month. Until then, for AK, I am Mike Heck reminding you not to take this too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. And I'll say it again. MMA is supposed to be fun. All right. We'll have more fun next week right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.